Welcome to Jersey Guy Sports, your sports talk home for the Yankees, the Giants, the Rangers, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, and I'm your host, Don. Thanks for listening. Uh, Today, I'm going to be talking about the Rangers are in trouble. The series now nodded at two with the Devils, and the 2023 Yankees are, well, they're the 2022 Yankees. Shocking. So let's go ahead and get started. So before I start, I think I'll warn you, this might be a pretty cranky Jersey guy today. So just, you know, hold on here a little bit today. And I'm going to start with the Rangers. The Rangers lost Monday night to the Devils 3-1. to uh, And now the best of seven series is tied at two, <clears throat> heading back to New Jersey with the next game Thursday night in New Jersey. Uh, the Rangers managed all of one friggin' goal at home on Monday night after they managed all of one entire goal Saturday night at home, bringing their grand total of goals at home in the playoffs to two. Now, keep in mind, in games one and two, when the Rangers were on the road in New Jersey, they scored 10 goals in two games. And at home, they managed two whole games in two home games, two whole goals in two games. The game three overtime loss in particular was a killer for the Rangers who actually played okay in the game. Not, not great, but okay enough to win. Um, and that, that hurts overtime winners and losers and the NHL playoffs are huge momentum swings. And if you win a game in overtime, that really carries forward a lot of times. And if you lose a game in overtime, it stings. And sometimes that carries forward as well. And that game three <clears throat> overtime loss, the Rangers were up two games to zero in the series. Had they won that, the Rangers would have had an insurmountable 3 nothing lead in the series. And for all intents and purposes, it would have been over. But they lost that. And then they came out with just what is a dog shit game and game effort in game four. And now the series is tied at two. Game four was definitely another story compared to game three. It was a lackluster performance in front of a quiet friggin' crowd at MSG, I got to say. And I'm going to touch more on that later because I'm disappointed in that goddamn crowd at Madison Square Garden. Um, the Rangers though, their effort seemed, you know, subpar for most of the game. Certainly their compete level was subpar. You know, they did not fight hard enough for 50-50 pucks. Um, it felt like they were tentative, slow. Certainly they are slower than the Devils. And it's something that I said before this series starts, and that's that the Devils are not a good matchup for the Rangers. Now it had not really showed up much in the series, but on... To Monday night, it felt really awful, as if, you know, there was quite a difference in speed, certainly in energy level and definitely in compete level. I felt that the Rangers' compete level was terrible. And Coach Gallant said the same thing after the game. He was disgusted with the Rangers' effort and performance and told them to stop bitching at the refs about getting thrown out of the faceoff circle and worry more about <clears throat> competing hard against the Devils. Um, they were on their heels for most of the game, and it was slow again, and it showed all over the goddamn ice. I mean, after the Devils took a 2-1 lead midway through the third period, I don't know how long, maybe it was 12 minutes left, I forget. It was 1-1, Devils took a 2-1 lead midway through the third. And the Rangers at that point, it seemed like they just fell apart. They could barely even get a shot on goal. There was no compete level whatsoever. I mean, they could barely even get an attempt of a shot on goal. They they were so lethargic. They did not fight. This is a team that has a lot of skill, has a lot of stars. They're playing at home 
and they played like dog shit at the end of that third period and most of the game. It was only one nothing through most of the game with the Devils leading, even though it felt like Devils were playing better. Then Rangers tied it, and then after the Devils got the go-ahead goal, it was as if someone just cut off the legs of the Rangers. The whole compete level just was gone. The Rangers need more effort. Now, Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, they have to be better for sure. They are the, the stars on this team, the two Rangers have a lot of stars, but Mika and Breadman are superstars and have to be better than they've been. Uh, the entire team needs a little bit of more effort. Um, I would say, you know, just Igor is doing well, but the rest of the team really, really needs to pick it up a bit. And I, w- I do want to talk about the Madison Square Garden crowd because we've heard so much about the MSG crowd and playing in front of the spotlights and the big city and all this for a couple of years now and especially this year, and now specifically in the playoffs, the Rangers crowd at MSG sucks. Now, when they're winning and, you know, scoring a lot of goals and cheering, oh, it's great, it's loud, you hear the goal song, people, they're doing chants, it's great. But you know when a team needs a crowd? The team needs the crowd when the game is tied or in a close game when you're losing. You need to be inspired by your crowd. Um I'm not actually someone who normally worries about crowds, honestly, but this MSG crowd sucked, 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 especially in game four. It was way too quiet, very docile. I mean, what the frick happened to this crowd? You're supposed to scream, yell, support your team. I mean, you would think we were losing by six, nothing. The way the crowd sat on their hands did nothing. We were at that point when I was talking a minute ago about us losing by one goal, two to one for most of the second half of the third period. So for the last 10 minutes of the game, it's close. It's a one-goal game. And it was like you could hear a pin drop in the garden. They were unsupportive. You barely heard a Let's Go Rangers chant. And I'm thinking, what the fuck is going on with this crowd? It's like they had this nervous energy shit, you know. And and this has to stop at Madison Square Garden. This, This crowd needs to be a real home ice advantage. And it, I feel like compared to other rinks, it's not. And I felt like this for about a year and a half now. And you have to filter out games where the Rangers are winning by a fair amount or maybe winning at all, right? Because obviously when your team's winning, you're going to be louder as a crowd. When you're losing, you're going to be quieter. Everybody knows that. But, you know, when you're losing, you know, five to one, you can't yell at a crowd to be supportive and, you know, cheer every little thing. I understand that. But in a tie game or a game that you're down by one in the fucking playoffs, you need to get rowdy. You need to chant. You need to support your team all the time. Not to sit on your hands, nervous energy horseshit that I witnessed at Madison Square Garden on Monday night. Get the frig up. Cheer for your goddamn team. You know, when this team needs a kick in the ass, sitting on your hands does not help. And again, I want to be clear. I'm not saying don't boo, for example, if it's warranted. And, you know, the Rangers power play, for example, warrants some booing lately because they have not gotten it done. And I understand when when things get booed that they should. And I'm not saying don't boo. I'm saying don't be quiet, especially in close goddamn home playoff games. Ever be loud. Loud. Jesus, what a, what a joke. Don't sit on your goddamn hands. Express your pleasure or displeasure, but don't sit there and have the Rangers trying to come back like it's a tomb in, in the garden. It bothered the hell out of me last night. I don't know why. Probably because 
The Rangers play bothered the hell out of me, but I felt like it was a 6 nothing game, the way the crowd was. I'm like, why is it so goddamn, you know, I can hear a whisper in here. It's a one-goal fucking game. In any case, get up. Get off your ass. Scream. Yell. Be an actual goddamn supportive team in a close game. Igor was fine. Yeah, I'd say it's the one player I could say on the ice last night that actually gave a really good effort. You know, he's had a strong playoffs. And let's face it, this Devils team overall, as I mentioned a minute ago, is not a good matchup for the Rangers. I mean, I was really surprised when the Rangers went up two games to none. Um, And now the series is turning as if I, I felt that I did not like this matchup. I did not want to see the Devils in the first round. I still think they have a chance to beat the Devils. But they certainly are not going to beat the Devils with that kind of dog shit effort they had at the Garden in Game 4. They need to compete harder for checks. They need to hit a little more. You Use a little physicality. The Devils are not a physical team. The Rangers can push them around a little bit, slow down some of their rush, forecheck a little better, dig in the corners, and give some more goddamn effort on 50-50 pucks than they've been doing. Um, they seem lackadaisical, and they need a fucking kick in the ass. Um we definitely need a more, you know, concerted team effort going forward. If we're going to have a chance to move on in the playoffs. And I'm going to end my Rangers bit on that note. So let me go ahead and start talking a little bit about the New York Yankees. So here we are in the latter part of April 2023. And the 2023 Yankees are, for all intents and purposes, the 2022 New York Yankees with slight changes as if this is some shock. Um, And I'm going to preface all this by saying there are quite a few significant injuries for the Yankees, and I understand that, and I'll talk a little bit about them in a bit. But that's not the problem. The problem for this Yankees team is that the Yankees haven't changed much of anything in 2023. And I've said this before, but it has not been evident as much in the beginning of the season when they were winning a little bit more. I watched the Yankees lose to the Twins on Monday night. And while I'm watching it, I was reminded of some recent Yankee teams. I'm reminded of recent Yankee teams that were poor on defense as I watched them make some errors in the field. I'm reminded of recent Yankee teams that strike out too much as they kept king in big situations. Yankee teams that are home run or nothing. Yankee teams that while they're losing 6-1 to one in the ninth inning with the bases loaded and no one out, swing on a 1-0 pitch. A wild pitcher, you're down five runs in the ninth inning, and you got the bases loaded, no one out, and a 1-0 count. A pitcher can't hit the strike zone. You're swinging. And it was a bad pitch. Yes, that actually happened on Monday night. right? I'm reminded of recent teams that have very little heart and only one way of winning a game. Kind of a home run or strikeout thing. Oh, look at the Yankees record when they hit a home run. Yeah, that, that's really not making this team look any better. So that's what I'm reminded of. Essentially, I mean, apart from a few tweaks, this 2023 Yankees team looks exactly like the recent Yankee teams that were good, but not good enough. Now, again, this is not at all a surprise for me. And if you listen to Jersey Guy Sports, you know that I've said, since the moment that Boone and Cashman were rehired, since that moment, I've said over and over that the Yankees will not be good enough. And I am not going to be surprised if this 2023 team is good, but not good enough. And so here we are, only in late April, and already 
all of these old problems are resurfacing, right? Now, there's one significant change, obviously, starting Anthony Volpe at shortstop, and that's a good change and one that will pay off. Volpe is going to hit better. I know he's not hitting yet, but he will. Um, he's going to continue to play good defense in spite of his few errors he's had in the last day or two. And his speed on the bases is absolutely critical to modern baseball and critical to the Yankees. He is going to be an influential person, a really good leadoff hitter for a long time. He's going to steal a lot of bases. He's going to play good defense. And he's going to eventually hit really, really well. So it's not showing as much as it will. That's a good change. So, yes, we did make that one, in my mind, significant change. Great. The Yankees are not in need of one change. The Yankees are in need of systemic change. The New York Yankees need systemic change. So what does that look like, right? Mm -hmm. Systemic change comes from the top down when you're crafting a team. They need a GM who builds better teams, not teams with seven starting infielders. We need a general manager who recognizes, you know, What's needed in modern baseball? Speed, defense, contact hitting, along with pitching. We need a general manager that realizes those are the things that win games. Systemic change means having a general manager and also a non-moron manager who doesn't use analytics like as some fucking baseball Bible. We need leaders who recognize that a hot bat or a hot pitcher Trumps any fucking stat that the computer is going to spit out at you. That's what systemic change means. Systemic change means having a manager who can use an eye test and see when a pitcher, you know what? He looks like he's hot. He's pitching. See, this batter is hot. This pitcher is really pitching well. And not worry about a friggin' what lane does this person slot in? It is the seventh inning. I must put this person in. It doesn't matter how well the starter is or... You know, yeah, he pitched a good seventh, but he must come out because the eighth inning is not his lane, right? Systemic change means having a different manager who can actually use the eye test to determine how players are playing at a given moment. Not lefty-righty horseshit, not what the analytics say, not sitting down a fucking person in the middle of April because they need rest. Systemic change means having a manager who can see things. Certainly injuries are not helping, but again, they are not the only problem. And I do need to talk about them because they are significant, right? So while we have this new great pitcher, Rodon, he has not pitched for the Yankees yet. So this wonderful number two starter, Rodon, is out and has not pitched yet. And maybe we'll see him in May. But on the other hand, we have Josh Donaldson who's out. Josh Donaldson sucks monkey balls. So him being out actually helps the team, right? Um, significant injuries. We have Harrison Bader still out, and that's certainly hurting the Yanks at this point. And now Giancarlo Stanton is out. That certainly doesn't help. Um, the pitching, in addition to Rodon, we have Loisaga and Keenly out, right? And that certainly hurts our bullpen depth tremendously, right? And now... Trevino, who I think stinks. I don't know. People are making such a big deal about Trevino. I don't remember him being very good at all. He had a couple of good relief appearances at the end of the year. But, you know, the overall impression of Trevino, the, the pitcher, is not very good one for me. But they keep making a big deal of it. And there's news today that Trevino, who I think stinks, might be out for the season. He's got additional 
arm problems and is going into the doctor again. He hasn't pitched all year. And by the way, while Luizaga seems very important and in spurts pitches very, very well, I feel like he's overrated. I, I keep hearing how spectacular and wonderful he is, but I, I don't see the consistency in him. Uh, he has some tremendous games, and then games where he comes in and blows the lead. And obviously, every pitcher in baseball is like that. Every reliever in baseball is like that. Um, but you don't then say to every reliever in baseball how great they are, right? You have to look at what's in front of you. And Loisig is good. I don't think he's great. I think he's overrated while we need him. He's great on depth in our bullpen. We need him to pitch well, and we need him to get back. Having him healthy will help, but again, it's not part, you know, it's not a giant reason why the Yankees are, you know, losing these games. So the 2023 Yankees are not good enough. And when they get all their injured players back, if they ever do, they will still not be good enough in 2023. It is what it is. I'm sorry, people. I'm going to continue to pull hard for the Yankees. I'm going to hold out hope, you know, that maybe there'll be a 2023 miracle. It's getting harder and harder to kind of close one eye and squint and pretend with the Yanks. You know, if they do this and maybe this and maybe that. And, you know, it's getting harder and harder to do that. I will say this, right? I love seeing young kids play and get chances. I mean, my absolute favorite year in the last 10 for the Yankees was that 2017 year, right? They traded and dumped all the veterans at the trade deadline. They played all the kids And it was so exciting and so fun. They went all the way to Game 7 of the American League Championship Series that year. They lost to the cheating Astros that year. They were one game away from the World Series. And it was fun as hell because there wasn't a lot of expectations. There was all new people. There was excitement. The crowd, you know, now we're back to this buttoned up, older veteran team that hits home runs or strikes out. They're playing a few more kids because of injuries, but, you know, we're, it was awesome. It was awesome. I mean, be, because the hope and the thrill of seeing new kids playing for the Yankees, it was awesome that year. So in my mind, I'm hoping that there can be some kind of renaissance like that. But I know, I know, I know with this general manager and this manager, it won't happen. And I said that at the beginning of the year when they were hired. I've been saying it for five years with Boone and, and the last couple of years with Cashman. The game has passed Cashman by, and Boone is a terrible manager. What I'm tired of, I'm tired of seeing a lazy fucking Glaber Torres not bend over or not set his feet and throw an accurate ball to first. I'm tired of seeing Aaron Hicks. I'm just tired of seeing his fucking face. I'm tired of seeing him strike out. I'm tired of seeing him miss balls in the outfield. I'm tired of seeing Josh Donaldson. I'm tired of watching Boone rest people in April after three weeks of baseball. I'm so tired of hearing Boone, Boone the moron, talking about the great swings that Hicks had as he strikes out three more fucking times. I'm so tired of it. It's only April and I'm fucking tired. There's so much more baseball ahead this year. So much. And yet somehow it's it's April and I feel tired of the same goddamn old Yanks already. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Now, I wish I was wrong about this team and I still hope I am. I, I want to be wrong. I want this team to go. And, you know, the minute they go on a 10 game, eight game winning streak, I'll be all excited. But I'm telling you, it feels exactly 
like I said it would feel. And, and, and I hate being right about this, but it's just they need systemic change. The Yankees need systemic change. They don't need tweaks. They need systemic change in the organization if they really, really care about winning championships. And that starts from the top, all the way even above Cashman. It starts with Hal, who I don't think cares enough about winning championships. He cares more about the bottom line than he does winning championships. Systemic change. Now, there's going to be peaks and valleys this year. There's going to be times there's hope. More times where they suck and I'm throwing the remote across the you know my living room. The baseball season obviously is a marathon, but in the end, unfortunately, it seems like this team is structurally unsound. The Yankees are structurally unsound. It starts with a bad GM. You add in a bad manager. It permeates to, I guess, a team that's willing and able. That's kind of good. But once again, it's not good enough. You throw in the, the yearly injury plague and you get what you get. And I'm sorry for this Debbie Downer episode, but I feel like this team needs a giant kick in the fucking ass from someone. And it sure as hell is not going to be coming from Aaron Boone. So they might as well hear this podcast and get mad as hell. (laughs) If only. Anyway, thank you for listening to Jersey Guy Sports. Please subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends about it. And I'll be back soon with some more sports talk. Thanks. Have a good day.